Welcome again to Sleeping Giants, the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Stars sports podcast. We've got two games to get through this week, but we have got something new to talk about. Goals, and goals scored by Ipswich Town as well. The Blackburn game might have been a bit more of the same, but Ipswich finally found the back of the net when Burton visited Portman Road on Tuesday night. Stuart Watson, our chief football writer, joins me this week to talk all things Ipswich and whether Tuesday's game could be Town's turning point this season. But we'll start with Blackburn, which doesn't sound like it was all bad, Stuart. No, it certainly wasn't. Um, I think I said in isolation it was a performance and, and an away point that, uh, if you were if you were looking at it as I say in isolation, wasn't too bad. Um, they created a lot more chances than they had in, in previous games. Uh, a game they probably should have won, to be honest. Um, but I think as part of the bigger picture, it just was a continuation of the. Uh, you keep using the phrase binary code in. Uh, in my copy, it's just the, you know the nil nils and the one nils, and it, it was an uninspiring scoreline for those watching from afar. But but those that were at the game would have would have seen a few positives in in the play. Um, I did think it was a bit of a missed opportunity because I thought Blackburn were as poor a team as I've seen all season. They had a few injuries. Uh, their back four in particular was was fairly disrupted. So um, it was a hard one to call in terms of. Uh, reflecting on it in in Monday's paper because it was a better performance but a a missed opportunity Uh, but I saw enough positive signs going into Tuesday night's game and um, and of course they they got the win in midweek. Obviously sticking with Blackburn for for a moment everyone was waxing lyrical about Adam Webster after that game did he really start showing some of the the class that we all know he's really capable of and why Mick feels he'll be a Premier League defender in the future yeah I mean Adam Webster was worth the 500 mile round trip alone for me he was uh, outstanding and I thought um, I, I made a comparison with John Stones in, in the paper which seems excessive but if you remember John Stones sort of came through and you know at Barnsley in, in the championship and and if Adam Webster can continue sort of blossoming the way he is I could see him having a similar sort of stratospheric rise because um, ball playing centre backs are very in vogue these days. Everybody's looking for one that they're, they're pretty rare and uh, to, to find. And um, yeah, he defended brilliantly. I think we have to say that first and foremost. He's big, he's strong, he's quick, he reads the game. You know, he's, he's quite happy putting his head in in dangerous areas and making blocks and doing doing all the ugly stuff. But on the ball, he's he's just provides a bit more calmness. No disrespect to, to Christoph Berra and Tommy Smith and others, but uh, they haven't quite got that same sort of subtlety to their players. Adam, he'll take a touch in a tight area. He can spray a fifty-yard pass. He's quite happy to to run out from the back and uh, take a couple of men on. Um, I thought he was excellent, and it was a real shame that that header of his was saved in the first half because it was a performance that deserved a winning goal. And that running out from the back, that ability to maybe pick a pass that one of the other central defenders might not have or take a touch in a tight spot, as you say. What does that bring to Ipswich's newfound uh, attempts to try and play the ball a bit more rather than going front to back in one fell swoop? Yeah, it just adds an, another dimension to their, their play, doesn't it? Um, so there, there'll be times, and he, he himself has, has admitted that uh, you know he has to pick and choose when he does it, there'll be games where it's uh, you know he, he's able to and, and games where he's not. Um, but yes, yeah, just just another string to Ipswich's bow. Um, 
we didn't see it as much on on Tuesday night in in the home game because it wasn't wasn't a game that re- was really suited to it. But um, he's a really grounded lad as well. We've we've interviewed him a few times, and I'm not you know I don't think that the praise and Mick saying he's a Premier League player in waiting will will go to his head too much. So yeah, exciting to see what what Adam can do over the course of the season. Is there a little bit of a danger with him that he could turn into? another Tyro Mings in a way where he's brought in, has a really great first season with Ipswich and then is suddenly out of the door next summer after only one term with, with the Blues. Well, that's always the fear, isn't it? Um, enjoy them while you can. When you get someone that's... Uh, I think you can tell quite early with a player when, you know, 10, 10 or so games in, you think, wow, there's potential here. Um, yeah, I guess if if Ipswich are still sort of in, in a similar position, sort of... Uh, treading water in the championship in another couple of years time he may well be another one that uh, gets sold off for, for a bit of cash but um, let's, let's enjoy him while we can at the moment and um, and see where he goes from here and we all enjoyed finally being able to see a score line which had goals next to Ipswich Town's name that happened at home to Burton on Tuesday night not only were there goals it was a win of course for Ipswich and Freddie Sears who's not scored for more than a year now uh, before then uh, managed to get on the score sheet along with uh, the captain Luke Chambers as well what was the atmosphere like in Portman Road on Tuesday night when it finally looked like Ipswich were going to end that run of unwelcome statistics I think the feeling overwhelmingly was one of relief I, w- I would say especially after after Freddie got his goal late on um, going into the game sense of uh, trepidation I guess a lot, a lot of apathy um a small crowd officially it was just over 15 but of course that takes into account season ticket holders regardless of whether they turn up speaking to a lot of people I think there was quite a few season ticket holders that that gave it a swerve if they had a a distance to travel they tried to pass tickets on to to their mates who said no no thank you very much even uh, even when they were being offered up for nothing Um, that was the sense of feeling going into the game because of the lack of goals because of the lack of entertainment value um, how far will Tuesday night go to changing that? Well, well, it's a start. Um, certainly a very entertaining game. Uh, I don't think anyone will have come away from the match feeling like they didn't get value for money in terms of the spectacle. Um, Burton certainly contributed to that. I was very impressed with Burton. Um, they gave it a really good goal, something like 16 shots on goal, 12 corners. Um, I see their defender, Ben Turner, has, has come out today and said that... Um, that they were the better team and Ipswich know it. I think that might be pushing it a little, but they certainly contributed to the game. But um, Ipswich were the more clinical and, and got the goals and uh, and got the win. But um, I don't think we should suddenly be saying everything in the garden's rosy and everything's fixed just because uh, Burton Albion have beaten 2-0 at home. But um, it's a start and we, we shouldn't, you know, we, we're quick to, to get down on Ipswich when uh, things aren't going well. So... They deserve praise on Tuesday. Mick deserves praise for for changing his team, sticking with two up top. He's brought Bishop and Bruin. And, and for the first time, his comments afterwards were, if I picked that team, I believed we would we would beat them if we go toe-to-toe. And, and that's what fans want to hear from Mick. When they're playing a so-called lesser team at home, be a little bit bolder with your, with your selection. And, and he did that on Tuesday. And uh, two teams went toe-to-toe and Ipswich came out on top. So happy days. With the, with his team selection sort of on on Tuesday night and sort of some of the things I think he said going into the Newcastle game this weekend, he, he sounds like he's possibly 
started to, to look at not playing Skews and Douglas together all the time. They didn't both play on uh, on Tuesday. It doesn't look like they'll both play at Newcastle. Is he maybe listening to some of the fans' frustrations and, and trying to take that on board in a very Mick McCarthy way? Or is it he's a victim of circumstance in, in sort of little niggles and, and the run of matches that they've got? I think very much the latter. The, the day Mick McCarthy... Uh, does anything based on populist opinion or, or noises from the fans? Uh, well, I don't. I don't think that day's going to come. Um, I think Douglas and Scoos will be in the team at Newcastle. There's no no doubt about that. Um, Mick's already indicated as much. Um, Douglas probably would have played on Tuesday night if he hadn't had uh, a, a little niggle. Um, Mick sort of said that it was a tactical switch and 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 he wanted to go for it. Uh, and we have to give him the benefit of the doubt on that, but. Um, Saturday at Newcastle, Douglas will be back in the team, and I think that's the right thing to do. And I think most, you know, you're going to Newcastle as major underdogs, as virtually everyone in this division will do. And and fans are, you know, I think most sensible fans realise that sometimes you do have to go and try and squeeze the life out of a, an away game like at St James's Park. But it's it's the home games where it's really niggled fans, where they've played the likes of Burton at home, and it's been the Brew, Scoos. Uh, Douglas three in in the middle of the park um, Ipswich looked a lot more open I have to say on Tuesday night and Burton carved through through them at times and maybe that was a an eye opener to what Douglas brings to the team that perhaps uh, you know not everybody appreciates at, at times gives them that bit of uh, stability but it's just picking and choosing certain games certain opposition uh, as and when you're uh, a little bit more defence minded and a little bit more attack minded and that they were more open on Tuesday and it paid off and I think they'll need to be a lot more solid on, on Saturday and the team will reflect that. When they played Burton on Tuesday night, did the team start looking more confident, more cohesive, more like winners because of things going right for them or was it sort of they're doing the same things they've always done, they look much of the same, it was just that it, the luck went their way this time? Yeah, I guess that there was an element of that. Um, the, the goal, the, the opening goal was... Uh, very much against the the run of play. That was their first real attack. Burton had started the game well, so you, you never know if, if the first goal had gone in against them. The, the mood could have changed, shoulders could have slumped. That's football, isn't it? I think, um, um, did, did, did they look a whole lot more confident? Did they do a whole lot different to what they have been? The answer probably is, is not. Um, yeah. It's really difficult when you look back through sort of analysing Ipswich's games. There have not been too many terrible performances. Um, Huddersfield at home wasn't wasn't great. The second half at Brentford away wasn't great. But by and large, Ipswich are a fairly consistent team and they're very consistent at what they do. And I think that comes from Mick McCarthy's consistent demeanour off the pitch, his fairly sort of uh, consistent approach to team selection. And Ipswich are what they are. They're a fine margins team. They're never going to thrash teams they're never going to be thrashed as well and I think uh, you know in amongst the failure to score stats it's kind of been overlooked that they've now kept five clean sheets in seven which is a really solid platform um, in the championship a lot of teams would would kill to have that sort of defensive record so I guess we live in eternal hope that they can keep that solid platform and then you just get that little bit of x factor a little bit of spark from somebody like a Johnny Williams like a David McGoldrick coming back, maybe Teddy Bishop playing a little bit more, and they turn a few of these sort of nil-nils and one-nil defeats, just just tip them the other the other way in the balance. Finally, on the Burton game, 
great for Freddie Sears to, to get that goal finally he's got that monkey off his back and as, as everyone saw from the, the pictures Bartosz Bielkowski ran the length of the pitch to celebrate with him so clearly it wasn't just something that, that Freddie would have been very happy with but the rest of the team are delighted for him as well yeah really popular player in, amongst the team and um, uh, just yeah real moment of relief all round for, for everyone for Freddie um, I don't have to keep going to every game and, and looking up how many how many matches it's been since he scored it was yeah, December uh, last year, I think seconds into that game at Fulham, seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, I guess there's been mitigating circumstances as to as to why he's not scored as uh, not been scoring because he has been sort of toiling out on on the left wing for a lot of times. That said, he's not been playing left back. He's still been playing in a fairly offensive position, and and he should have scored more goals. Uh, in that time but uh, hopefully you know he's back up front now uh, getting that goal will be a huge weight off his shoulders um, I think the best Sears partnership could work quite well I've been reasonably impressed with, with Leon Best and, and the hold up play and everything that he's, he's brought to things so yeah monkey off the back and uh, let's hope it, it sparks something going forwards We've got Newcastle up next of course and that's one of the most anticipated away games I think fans have been looking forward to a bit since the uh, the fixture calendar came out Obviously, Town are in a little bit of a, a bubble at the moment in, in that they've got uh, that win that they've been looking for for a while. But going straight to Newcastle, who are going to be a very hard team to, to get any sort of uh, positive results against, does it risk bursting that bubble, do you think? Um, I think they'll go there with, with no real pressure or, or expectation, really. I don't think, uh, as long as they put on a, a decent decent show on Saturday um, and it's a, it's a reasonable performance... I don't think um, you know the fact that if if they get beaten on Saturday shouldn't really uh, shouldn't really burst any sort of momentum that that's been built from Tuesday. Um, as I said before, most teams will be going to Newcastle as, as major underdogs. You look at their squad. If they don't walk this division this year, then there's something really wrong. They've got a Champions League winning manager in, in Rafa Benitez. I mean, you go through their squad list. Um, just just recruited really well with with really good championship players in in Matt Ritchie and, and Dwight Gale of course who's who's banging the goals in I, I still think it's absolutely mental that they were relegated uh, from the Premier League um, I think most Magpies fans will tell you that it was a fairly lacklustre relegation as well and they've still managed to sell off players for a combined total of about 75 million you know in in a underperforming failure of a team and they've managed to reinvest that money really well as I say got some some good championship players um, and for me they they will uh, they will go up automatically no doubt so um, Ipswich need to go there just uh, uh, you know they've kept five clean sheets in seven so as you say that maybe, maybe they might be able to, to hang on and uh, nick something on the break but we'll, we'll see um, Newcastle will be favourites but uh, um, you know Ipswich will fancy their chances after Tuesday. A nil-nil draw, not uh, the worst result at Newcastle, oddly enough there. Obviously, yeah, you mentioned the recruitment that Newcastle have put in uh, over the, the close season in the summer. Good championship players that they've brought in. And of course, part of the Ipswich squad has already journeyed up to Newcastle on a permanent basis. Is there any chance that uh, town fans will see Daryl Murphy lining up against their side this weekend? Yeah, good question. He's only had one appearance for them so far. It was a sole start in the, the League Cup. Um, I believe he has picked up a bit of a calf problem while he was away with Ireland, so that's why he's not featured as much since. 
Um, there was talk that he might make his return to action on Tuesday night at Barnsley. He didn't. He wasn't in the squad then. So um, we need to find a little bit more out about where he's where he's at fitness-wise. But wouldn't that just be typical that uh, he would make his, his first championship appearance for them on Saturday? These sort of things sometimes seem written in the stars, don't they? But uh, Jack Colback as well, of course, ex-Ipswich. Ex Newcastle and Ipswich have got... Huge, huge sort of crossover links historically. Um, of course, there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of songs uh, sung about Bobby Robson, Sir Bobby, on, on Saturday between the two sets of fans. Um, got your Kieran Dyes, your Darren Ambroses, your Titus Brambles more recently, haven't you? So it's a, it's a club with uh, a fair few links as well. And as you say, uh, a lot of fans going up there for, for the weekend. I think two and a half thousand plus tickets sold. The fans are... Uh, are in the gods at St James's right at the back, but uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy their weekend uh, win, lose or draw. And obviously, as you mentioned, all those links between the two clubs generally tends to make it, when they have played each other on the, the rare occasions over the last few years, generally tends to make it quite a, a good-natured ma uh, match-up, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a fair bit of affinity between the two clubs for the reasons that I suggested. So um, I'm sure the fans will, will mingle and a few Ipswich fans will be going out uh, Obviously, the stadium is, is right bang in the middle of the city centre, so there'll be a few people going out for uh, a night out afterwards. So uh, I hope they have a good weekend and they uh, they get a bit of enjoyment out of it. After Newcastle, we've got Rotherham at home and then Sheffield Wednesday uh, are the next two matches we've got coming up. Uh, can you see Ipswich doing reasonably well in those games? Is there a chance that if they manage to uh, get a, a positive result out of the Newcastle game, they could maybe string a few good results together and, and uh, just give themselves a, a much-needed boost going up towards Christmas? Yeah, I mean, we keep going on about the uh, the dreadful October record, which is just uh, a really strange one, really, isn't it? I think that was the first October win in five years to the day on Tuesday night. But on the flip side of that, November, strangely, has been... Uh, a fantastic month since Mick McCarthy's come in. Um, probably no real rhyme or reason to that, but tips which have always led into the Christmas period really strongly un under Mick, um, and then ha seemingly sort of tailed away after Christmas. So um, those two fixtures you mentioned there, um, certainly a good chance. I think um, Rotherham certainly at home is, is a very winnable fixture. Um, Sheffield Wednesday haven't been as strong um, as people anticipated so if they can have a really uh, decent spell um, leading into Christmas then maybe things won't be as, as doom and gloom as, as uh, we thought and of course hopefully there's a bit of cash to spend spend in January we've certainly been led to, to believe that after the sale of Murphy and uh, having failed to, to make a deadline day signing that's, that's still in the pot so if they can just sort of hang on in there um, and the championship is obviously a, a fine margins division if they can be there or thereabouts around the playoffs uh, come January then then who knows you mentioned obviously the transfer window they're looking a little bit further ahead do you think that, that Mick McCarthy and his scouting team and Marcus Evans as well will have done a bit of uh, pre uh, investigatory work coming into the transfer window so that when it opens we know Mick McCarthy likes to get his business done as early as possible if he is going to make signings in January do you expect it to be more towards the beginning of the month and that they've already identified a few people that they might try and uh, put a bid in for well I'm sure they've done their due diligence and they've got lists you know having done spoken to various people within the scouting team they have various different lists of different budgets different player positions um, Getting those deals done is, is another another question. I, I, I never think January is a particularly good or easy time to do business. Um, 
especially now that there's not been an emergency loan window, there's going to be a lot of clubs sort of chomping at the bit to, to do deals as soon as that, that window reopens. I think prices get pushed up in, in that month. Um, as we know, Marcus is, uh, likes to get value for money on deals as well, so that might be preventative. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to just be a case of just sort of strolling out there and uh, signing a striker within, you know, on January the 2nd, I don't think. But um, I, I guess it depends what position Ipswich are in come come the start of the January transfer window and, and where they're at. But um, certainly need a, another striker. Just uh, say I've, I've been sort of pleasantly surprised by Leon Best so far, but I think they could do with a, a little bit more competition uh, up front for places, someone in that similar sort of mould and... Uh, Johnny Williams, David McGoldrick back, as the old cliche goes, would, would be like new signings if they can get them up to speed by then. Big if, of course, uh, you know, I have my doubts uh, with their injury records, whether they can be fit and firing on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, I guess it will be a case of assessing the picture then uh, a couple of months to go and, and see what happens. There we go then. So hopefully we're looking forward to uh, a few more good results coming up off the back of that Burton success. But that's all we've got time for on this week's Sleeping Giants. We are going to be back again next week for reaction to the Newcastle game and a preview of the Rotherham match. So thank you again to Stuart and thanks for listening.